Welcome to Two, Two Queers, Queers Walk Into, into a church. church. Today we're going to talk about queer icons within the media, celebrities, all that fun stuff, specifically ones that have contributed to our life as queer people and just people that we think are pretty dope. Yeah, so. exactly. Ew. And you are? And my name is Dom. I am a program coordinator for a local nonprofit called Stand With Trans, where I kind of help on workshops to help empower trans and non-binary youth and their parents. And my name is Emily. I do behavioral therapy. I draw pictures. <laughs> and I photocopy everyone's that walks through the door of my tattoo shop that wants a tattoo and photocopy their information. I also just today broke down and set up my first actual like setup Ooh. for tattoos. So I'm excited that I know how to do that. Congrats. And not give somebody else AIDS. Beautiful. Yes. Other STIs. <laughs> and we also have somebody who is going to be popping in from now and whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself. <laughs> What's your name? My name is Blanca XOXO Blanca. You know, just the dopest princess. I don't know why, but this just made me real nervous. Why? I never get us. nervous. You can just talk. You can just talk. Just, just pretend like you're talking to us because you are just talking to us. No one is here with us right now. I don't even have eyebrows on. No, no one can, can see that. <laughs> okay. My name is Blanca. I am a hairstylist and basically kind of like a stripper, but you know, not all 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 the way naked. She's just cute. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We love Blanca. So Domathan. Domathan. <laughs> oh I love it. <laughs> she said the other day she goes, My name's Dom. I am the Dominatrix. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so so down with them. So um, hello. <laughs> what queer icons did you first notice when you were a baby queer? Okay, I came out really young. I was like twelve when I came out. So I paid attention to my queerness really early on in life. So the queer people that I was seeing, at least on like TV and such, once you got into like the dark world of Tumblr and shit like that, you met, yes. you saw other people. <laughs> One of the first queer people that I ever came across was obviously like Ellen DeGeneres, mm -hmm. obviously, because she was just around at that time. I know everybody wants to believe that Ellen DeGeneres like hugely impacted my life, but I didn't relate to her really at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, now I relate to her a little bit more. I think she's a really good person, and I think that she typically uses her privilege and in pretty good ways, which is good. But back in the day, she actually didn't impact me all that much. I watched a show called South of Nowhere, which, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like if... What's that show called? Degrassi. Degrassi! <laughs> it's kind of like if Degrassi were gay. Er. If gayer. Degrassi were gayer, Degrassi wasn't gay enough. Remember when that guy drove a horse? Or a horse. Drove a horse? <laughs> a horse in Degrassi? Yes. That was scary. That was um, scary. So yeah, it was kind of like Degrassi but gayer because the two main people were like two queer women that were in love. But it was like a weird 
love triangle because god forbid they actually like just be two lesbians in love there had to be like a third man involved and like you know it's just all this weird thing but back then i was like oh my god gay people yeah so that was like one of my first exposures and i used to watch it at like four o'clock in the morning on my laptop and like probably get hard because i was like <laughs> look at these cute girls kissing yeah it was the best and so that was like one of my first exposures to that but i had a lot of people who I saw and kind of like really enjoyed their appearance, even if they didn't identify as queer necessarily. So like it took Kristen Stewart, like I don't know how many years to finally admit that she was gay or queer ish, but I always was like, she's very androgynous to me, like beautiful and like very pretty, but also like has this androgynous like demeanor to her. Loved that. Uh, Tiana Taylor is another one who's like, has never actually come out and said that she's queer or anything. There's been some controversy about that. But back in the day, had some very androgynous style, and I loved that. I was, like, really attracted to that, but also, like, desired that for myself. So those are, like, the people that I saw early on in my life. Mm-hmm. They didn't really impact my life in any way, mm-hmm. to be honest. But I was just excited to see them, like, see that they existed, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, the first person that I can think of like off the top of my head that I actually like noticed and was like oh that is a queer person was Jeffree Star and the the funny thing is the way you hear my eye roll (laughs) when I found out about him it was because my high school boyfriend had pointed him out to me from a lineup for bands warp tour and he was like I mean like I know he makes music and stuff but like mostly he's about like fashion and stuff and I think I don't think he had started his like makeup line yet but he was like one of the only boys dressing as female or feminine and stuff like that wearing makeup dyeing his hair of course dressing as female was like the term at the time or whatever and my boyfriend was like yeah he's kind of weird and I was like I think he's pretty cool he's like I think we should pray for him and I was like (laughs) (laughs) well Um, we can pray for him but not for the reasons that you want to pray for him I pray his business does well not really (laughs) oh my god actually I forgot we're talking about Jeffree Star don't pray your business does well sorry Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was very good. Well, you may not agree with him or whatever. I respect he's... that he's like the person that you knew of though. Yeah. Like, as, for sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Before all of his controversy <laughs> yeah. I looked at him and I was like, This person is so dope. I love the fact that they are... Stop laughing at me, Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they are just living their unapologetic truth, especially in the space where there were so many bros and so many just homophobic assholes Mm -hmm. and all that (laughs) stuff. People wearing tap-out shirts. (laughs) (laughs) That type of scene. And I thought that was super cool. And then I used to watch American Idol before it was trash. And I forget. It's Adam... Lambert? Lambert, yeah. But Adam Lambert, because I like he didn't actually like come out as like gay while he was on the show. But he was very androgynous. Wore makeup and stuff. Uh And then he was just... When I would, like, watch his music videos, he was very sexual, but in a way that female pop stars had sexualized themselves. But he was sexualizing himself in such a way 
And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And, like, he took a, a while to, like, actually, like, publicly come out as gay. But I was like, I know he's gay. I know it. I think the same thing with, like, Kristen Stewart as mm-hmm. well. Outside of her Academy Award winning role <laughs> of Bella. Um, in the Twilight series, I definitely, like, I saw her, like, in, in like, real life or whatever. I'd see pictures. I was like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, like, I, and then older, I really like how Ruby Rose was super pretty. And then she would dress more masculinely or would kind of, like, fuse the two together. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm late getting to the queer icons thing where I didn't, like, grow up having queer icons. I yeah. In my adult life. Okay. Them. Okay, we have some questions. Mm-hmm. So, first question is, what does it mean to you specifically to be an icon? Like, what does that mean for you? I think... How do you define, like... Yeah. Well, I think icons yeah. are different. Like, I I think there are certain people who are considered icons whether you like them or not. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, like, that's a good point. I would agree with that. Like, for instance, David Bowie. Icon. Yep. yep. Regardless of his sexuality. Regardless, yeah. But I love to include the fact that he had such a gender-fluid identification and he just didn't care at his all. His sexuality was also really fluid. Like, he never mm-hmm. actually came out and said, like... I'm gay or anything like oh, that. Oh, he actually did. Oh, he did? Yeah, in an interview, I pulled it up on my phone because I was like, I know he did, but I, I want to reference Yeah, I have heard, thing. like, multiple interviews from him, mm-hmm. and he always just, like, people would ask him if he was gay, and he would just be like, why does it matter? Yes, like, he does did. it really matter if I'm gay? And he would do that a lot, like, and I don't think he was even really doing it to deflect. I think he was just kind of like... Why does it matter? Um, it was like a mind fuck for people. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted it to be a mind fuck. Well, yeah. Because I feel like that's a part of the whole, like, David Bowie image is the fact that you're obsessed with him and you love him. But, but you, you don't, don't know why? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't understand him and that's what he wanted. Because he, he just wanted to put out the persona that he wasn't from this earth. He wasn't, like, human. Yeah. Like, he was in, it's either The Boy Fell From Mars or The Man Fell From Mars or something. Mm-hmm. The one movie that he's in. And he makes like, a lot of these, and he's talking about his character, who is a literal alien, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but a lot of people are saying that, like, his lines in that movie are very similar to, like, how he conducted his life as a singer and just as a as a person of interest. Right. Um, how he's like, I'm just not from around here, I'm just me, there isn't another person like me, which I agree. Yeah. So when you think of, like, the people that you would refer to as queer icons is there like a characteristic about them that they have in common or that like makes them stand out to you i don't know i feel like queer icons of today contemporary ones are all very much being proud of their queerness and it's something that is a visible thing from the start of their career or from the start of them coming out you know what i mean yeah like for instance trey savan when he came out as gay he was still doing YouTube. He had done some other things. He was on Broadway, and he had been in, like, I guess, a movie or something like that. But at the time, he was just doing YouTube videos and came out as gay. But from that point, with starting his musical career, he wanted people to know, especially when writing his music, he's like, I'm writing songs about boys, mm-hmm. and I want it to be known that I'm a queer person. So I don't know if every single icon does, but people, for me, who are my personal icons are ones that are out and they show up for not just 
their own queer community to other queer communities and show appreciation and knowledge of those communities as well. Yeah. What about you? I would agree with a lot of that. I feel like something that I really admire about like a lot of queer icons that I would consider like my icons, but not necessarily just like, you know, historical icons necessarily. I really admire people who are like super I don't know, they like take real like moral responsibility for making sure that they are inclusive of all identities Mm -hmm. and not even just queer identities like they make sure they're inclusive of race Mm -hmm. and you know whatever your ability or status is Mm -hmm. whatever your class is whatever your you know if you're like neurodivergent or any of those things they're all like really good at acknowledging people's intersectionalities and i think that that's really hard to do Mm -hmm. it is a really good practice to get into but it's also like not easy to do all the time Mm -hmm. And all of the people that I find that I feel like are icons are all really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, like, a lot of the things that you said about just, like, being their authentic selves and, like, not apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. I think all of those things are really important in in, in any icon. Mm-hmm. But, like, queer icons, for sure. Yes. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, who are some of your favorite queer icons? And maybe a little bit of why. Well. (laughs) Well, just speaking from my own personal likes and everything, my absolute favorite musician has been my favorite musician for a very long time, Lights. She's a Canadian singer. Just came out as bi last year. Stop laughing at me, Ethan. (laughs) I am obsessed with this woman. and It's unhealthy, but it's okay. When she came out as bi, she had kind of already started talking within interviews and just in her own social medias when she was just putting out content and stuff like that. Had always been a very accepting person and had put it out there a lot of the times when she would say, oh, I'm in support of this specific thing and, pe- and like trolls or whatever would come for her and say why are you doing that? That's so wrong. And she would say things like, well, you can't tell another person who to love. You can't tell another person how to identify. And you can't just be rude to somebody because they're different from you. And I don't know. I've just always loved her. She's beautiful. She puts out very great music. I really like David Bowie, even before I knew much about him. Just his... I just... I idolize people who can be so incredibly androgynous that it just makes my heart melt. (laughs) The fact that he also just didn't give two fucks about how anybody viewed him in the 60s and the 70s when there was a little bit of like free movement going on back then, but then there was also still a lot of homophobia because of the whole AIDS crisis and gay men were specifically targeted in that era and so while I think only in one interview did he say yes I'm gay but like you said like he kind of just danced around the fact that he wasn't wasn't straight Mm -hmm. essentially and I love that because I love (laughs) for me personally I love confusing other people about things i love when little kids come up to me and say are you a boy or a girl so the fact that somebody with that much range and that much 
output into the world was able to do that in a society at that point that demonized people who were like him. And actually, people just went crazy for him in a time when when people like him were demonized is like such a cool thing and i don't know those are two really awesome ones, two ones that stick out there. yeah specifically i like other people for aesthetics but those are people yeah. i i specifically really like yeah so what about you i felt really stressed out thinking about this because i <laughs> because i was like how do you choose, like, only a couple people to talk about when there are so many, like, incredible people that you could talk about? And so I basically just chose based on, like, who I've been, like, stalking the most lately. <laughs> That's literally yeah. how I chose. So, obviously, like, most queer people, at least I hope most queer people know who, like, Marsha P. Johnson is yeah. and Sylvia Rivera. So, Obviously, I want to, like, pay tribute to those people forever, but I'm not going to talk about them because a lot of people know who they are. Yes. So, love you all forever and ever, but... so That should a, be a given. That should be a given. Yeah, I would hope that that's just a given. So, one of the first pers people that I thought of was India Moore. India Moore is a non-binary person who is in Pose. Mm, yes. And yes, yes, yes. they play angel mm -hmm. in pose and i've read like i loved them from pose because when it first when i first watched the show i was like wow that person is gorgeous mm -hmm. like absolutely drop dead beautiful which is not why i'm i think they're an icon <laughs> by any means it adds, to the fact. it adds to the fact like they're absolutely beautiful so i was drawn to them because i was like wow you're super pretty but then i also started following them on like social media and things and i saw them post this story and it really, I don't know why it moved me so much, because I was like, this is just Instagram. Why do I feel so moved by this? <laughs> but they were talking about how back in the day, they were not super good to people. Mm -hmm. They were not great to people. And they said, you know, I, there was a time in my life where I would steal from my family and go do whatever with it. I don't, I don't remember if it was what, I don't want to say exactly what it was because I can't remember, but they would steal money and they would use it for things that they probably shouldn't have been using it for. Yeah. So they were talking about how, when they started doing all these gigs, because now they're like a Calvin Klein model and mm -hmm. doing pose and getting asked to do, you know, other things, advertisements and whatever. When they started making money, they actually started paying back those people that they stole money from that. And those people never even knew that like, they were the person that stole from them. And so they were just like, surprise, here's a thousand dollars because I stole a thousand dollars from you one time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really speaks volumes about what kind of person you are when you're like, even though this happened, I don't know, 15 years ago, but I know that it was fucked up of me. So I'm going to take ownership of that and I'm going to give this money back to you because I want to be a good person. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that was like the first thing that like, made me be like, wow, you're incredible. And I'm going to keep like following your stuff. And they are really good about, you know, boosting up trans feminine people and talking about intersectionality and love them. They're super great. Everybody should go follow them on Instagram. And then one of the other people that I've also been stalking a lot is Teak Milan. And he is a a uh, trans man of color who him and his wife have been married for a while. They did a TED talk together. The TED talk is fucking incredible. I didn't even know it existed until the other day when Ariel told me. What's the name of it? I'm going to tell you the name of it right now because everybody should watch it. 
It is called A Queer Vision of Love and Marriage. It's with, uh, it's like a spoken word mm-hmm. poem, but it's with him and his wife. They do it together. They have a beautiful family. They have a gorgeous daughter, but they're both educators. They go out, they do conferences, they do workshops, they do, you know, education pieces to educate the world and the community about queer people, queer families, queer people of color. They're like out there doing the hard work on the ground doing all the the shit that I would hope the rest of the world does do, but most people don't. So I've been, like, really obsessed with both of those people lately. Mm -hmm. I, like, check their Instagram every day. Not because I'm, like, a weirdo, but because they always post really good content about, like, (laughs) not even just about themselves. Like, I love seeing pictures of Teek's baby Mm -hmm. because, like, adorable. Mm -hmm. But also they're just really involved in different things, and, and and I like seeing that and... And boosting up people who are not just, like, the cis white gays. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. yeah, those are, like, two people that I'm, that I'm like, really feeling lately and really feel like are mm-hmm. great icons right now. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I totally forgot to say Lady Gaga as well. Oh, yeah. Because also another oh, bisexual woman who also I feel like she has kind of talked about bisexuality, but, like, hasn't made it, like, like part of her identity as as strongly as other people have. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the fact that she, even if she were to be just, just a straight woman, she is, uh, in my mind, I feel like she's still a queer icon because of how much she's done for the community and how much, like, she's used her music as a platform to create space for people not only within the queer community but within like mental illness and all that too do you have any queer icons that you specifically love Blanca (laughs) if you say James Charles I personally will not judge you you could say James to me it's okay I personally do love James Charles but I don't think that he's necessarily a gay icon I won't give him like that credit but I do really like I remember being young young and seeing RuPaul and not even necessarily like for like being gay but being a man and wearing women's clothes and like making that okay like I just I've always felt like fashion's fashion and like what we choose to wear has nothing to do with gender or like I don't know like I don't get like boys clothes versus girl clothes like because at that day it's fabric that is made from cotton or wool or whatever it is like it's really like covering things and I just feel like I look 10 times hotter in a dress even with my dick out so like (laughs) I don't know RuPaul is very much a an icon to me not just because of like his show or like but for him doing everything that he did in the air that he did it Mm -hmm. like bitch gays have it easy now and it's still not easy and it's still not like the fullest of like we get respect but like just thinking about when he was doing all of that kind of stuff like time has definitely progressed i will say yeah for sure i agree i think that he well he had that show where he was just i don't remember what channel he was on but it was just like a, a just a regular talk show and he was just a man in a dress I think Michelle Visage was with him at that time. Yeah. Um, that, that's her. That's like, ride or die. Yeah. Michelle Visage. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it was another incredible person who just 
challenge gender norms, um, I think, at a time where the world wasn't ready, unfortunately. And even... I feel like everybody has controversies now. <laughs> it sucks. Um, not every. Not everybody. But a lot of people who are like more in the spotlight and I feel like when you're more in the spotlight things <sighs> things yeah it's hard the people who are in the spotlight are cis white gays yeah and cis white gays are historically problematic yeah they just are mhm because they have this like very prominent privilege that they refuse to acknowledge and obviously not every cis white gay is this way Mm -hmm. that's unrealistic but historically that that's exactly what they were like Mm -hmm. i mean well no we won't get into that that'll just be too much but (laughs) you're looking back to all the way like in the 60s like during stonewall yeah they're like even though drag queens are the reason why we literally have gay liberation there were like gay man bars where if a if if a trans woman walked in or if a drag queen walked in, they would be like, "You're disgusting. Get the fuck out." Ugh. And like that still exists today. There are like, oh my god, yes. They're like, help. <laughs> I don't know there things. Are like specifically like cis gay men that think trans women are like disgusting and invalid. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, that like super well, still exists. <laughs> So I went to, when I went to work, like, at a club in California, like, I literally went to one of the clubs, and all of the go-go boys were very masculine, just, like, men, and they weren't all white, but literally, because I came in makeup, they all basically were like, you're not gonna be a go-go boy. Yeah. And if you want to be, like, a drag queen, that's, like, a whole nother thing, but, like, they didn't even, like, like the drag queens, but because, like, I wasn't masculine in, like, Magic Mike go-go boy they were like you can't kind of work here fuck all of you because i'm the hottest yes yeah it's because and i won't get into this whole thing because we could have a whole podcast about this but like femininity is not respected in this country and like for most of like westernized civilization it's not respected yeah so when a like when a cis man chooses so to speak to present as feminine or if a trans woman chooses, so to speak, to present as feminine, they view that as, like, you are either weak mm-hmm. or you're giving away your superiority mm-hmm. or you're choosing to be, like, something that isn't respected. Mm-hmm. Like, it really bothers me when I see on Grinder mask for mask only like i get everyone has a preference but at the end of the day like they're basically there's literally people that write in their bios like if i wanted to like a woman i would have liked a woman mm-hmm. which is th- none of that even makes sense like bitch you're on grinder like we're all gay everyone just like chooses to be different but for people to be i don't understand other people and that's okay <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, that's so going back to the whole RuPaul thing then it's I think that regardless of anything he is an icon for introducing mainstream world I think to drag queens and to men being able to because there are some drag queens that are like super masculine looking outside of drag but they I feel like he's ushered in the the fact that 
it doesn't matter what you wear and you can still be an entertainer and the fact that you can be a specific entertainer that is that appears feminine and that's that's your gig it is a man in a in a dress or a man in in feminine clothes and so the fact that he's ushered that in and there's been queer trans non-binary people on the shows out as that is is still really great, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so last question, and then we can wrap up. Mm-hmm. Why do you think queer icons are important or necessary? I just personally feel like for the children, there needs to be multiple, like, different versions of icons because, like, as a child, when you look up to somebody, that kind of, like, starts your path of, like, you you know, it, it, whether it's your parents or a celebrity, but, like, what an icon is to you is starting what you kind of are. And definitely, as time progresses, obviously things will change, but, like, being young and us not having that many icons to go off of, you kind of, you know, I just feel like there should be more more things available to the children. Mm-hmm. Different versions of not everybody is going to be the same and not you don't have to kind of do that. Like, I am here for us having a black mermaid. Mermaids are real. Mermaids can be black. And I feel like for little boys and girls, <laughs> there should be versatility so that it's not just the same things over and over to be looked upon. I agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I will go back to just my point which is kind of echoes what you said that people's identities are obviously very important to them and to be able to see somebody who identifies as how they identify is very validating and I feel like mm -hmm, yeah it can and it could even be something that keeps somebody alive because they they see somebody who is doing what they want to do and maybe even like their career is wrapped up in their queerness and and the fact that they're putting content out or they're doing work as a queer person or doing work that is queer i feel like that kids like you said kids need to see that growing up because they have something that they can say that they want to grow up to be like there's kids now that are like i want to be a drag queen when i grow up which is super cute Like, when we're hella old, they're going to be deciding our shit. So, like, I feel like we need to get these kids together, <laughs> bitch, because when I'm old, this, uh, we, I don't need no games. Like, I need them to be in the offices and making the right rules for all of us old people, keeping the old gays alive. <laughs> Furthermore, I just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I obviously agree with all of the things you guys just said but i also think that icons are important for even adults because i think about how many people i've come across as i'm only 25 but like as a 25 year old and i'm like okay that person gave me the right to feel valid you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. their existence was like empowering to me because i realized that i could be me. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I even learned what the term like gender queer meant, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Same. It makes so much sense because there was a, a period of my life where I was like, I guess I have to be a man because I, in fun fact, I took testosterone for like three months, stopped taking it. Crazy. I was crazy. <laughs> I was really angry. 
And I stopped taking it because I learned what being genderqueer was. And I was like, no, that's what I am. Because I didn't really want to be a man. I just didn't want to be a woman either. And so I was like stuck in this weird like limbo where I thought I had to be a man because this was like years ago before people were really even talking about what that term meant. And then I had a really, really good therapist who was like, you're genderqueer. Or at least I think you are. And I was like, what does that mean? And she explained it to me. And she, like, actually brought me in a magazine. And it's called Dapper Q. And it had just, like, dapper mask presenting people. And we, like, looked through this magazine together. And I was like, this is me. This is who I am. I don't even remember any of those people's names. But just, like, their existence and their, like, strength to wear these, like, really nicely fitted men's suits. But be comfortable with their bodies was really comforting to me. So I think that it's not even just children. I think it's adults too. There are older trans people who are like, all of these young people coming out as trans gave me the courage to come out as trans. Because I realized that like, it's more accepted now. And you know, like, old people are being mentored by like, you know, 20 and 30 somethings because they're realizing that it's okay to do these things. So yeah, I, I think that just being visible for people to feel valid and to feel empowered to be who they want to be is one of the greatest reasons for icons. But also icons are like almost 100% of the time educators in some way, shape or form, even if they're just educators by like being alive and existing. And just sharing their story with people. And some of them are like literally educators where they like do workshops and go to conferences and teach and all of those things. And those things are really awesome and needed too. But you educate people all the time by just being in their lives. I have explained things to children just by being me. Like Mm -hmm. people like with my nephew and like with Aurora and stuff like it's not a normal or different for them to have an aunt that's a man you know so by them learning that stuff very young they tell other people and they're teaching their you know teammates and stuff like that i I feel like on we don't mean to educate people as we go through life but sometimes just being yourself is actually educating somebody else i'm gonna read a quote actually that i saw the other day on the internet and i was like that is phenomenal because it's one of the most relatable quotes i've ever read in my life and one second gonna find it because it was so good i was like oh my gosh that's amazing okay i found it so it was from billy porter because yes. billy porter is a fucking i love him icon why didn't i say billy porter either any three of us there's technically a fourth person in this room but why didn't any of us say him billy porter is just like he is god oh my god hold oh, on you don't know he's he- he is the man that went to the Met Gala dressed as literally an Egyptian goddess. He's he, hot. Yeah, he's so hot. And he has been where he's been out and wearing more dresses to a lot more functions because he is also on pose, correct? Yes, he is. So and I didn't know much about him other than pose. So Oh, I love that quote. It's so good. My friend I don't know if I can call him my friend. I'm just going to call him my friend. But my my friend, Tim Schumach, um, reposted this. He actually went to, if that's a, a sit-down thing with Billy Porter, he went to that. And he also is black, and he is queer, and he's from Detroit. He makes great music. And he was like, this is literally this how I explain my life, because he's a wonderful black queer 
person from Detroit and wears a lot of women's clothing. Yeah. And he's gorgeous. You should look up his music. Anyways, here's the quote from Billy Porter. Okay, so <laughs> Billy Porter says... I want to make sure that I get it, like, accurate because the way that he says it is beyond perfect. He said, I want to be a walking piece of political art when I show up. You know, just living inside of my truth publicly is a political act. And I was like, oh my god. He's so fucking right. Like, literally just, like, defying everything that anyone has ever known about the gender binary is a political act. Me waking up every day and deciding that I don't want to wear women's clothes is a political act. And I've never thought of it that way before because it's always just been like, these are the clothes that I wear. This is what I like to wear. But to the rest of the world, it's like a wage on the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my grandma told me something when I was young and I never, like, I didn't understand it until just recently. And I, like, we talked about it again. And she was like, when you choose to dress the way that you dress, you are an example for other people. And when I was first told that, I was basically like, I don't give a fuck. People don't have to follow what me. Like, don't pay attention to what I do. I'm going to do me. You do not have to do that. But what I feel like she really meant is by doing that, I'm not just representing myself. In a way, I am representing a community, and I feel like there are ways to do that very well. And like you said, it's a political act, but unknowingly. Like, I don't, I'm not doing it for them. I'm definitely doing it for me. But when you do have little kids, like, ask you those questions, like, are you a boy or a girl? Or even adults that don't really understand because they were, you know, just raised a certain way their whole adult life, it does change people's perspective. And the more we can change that, the world will be a better place and nicer to each other. True. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to plug a couple people that we feel like are icons who are not necessarily like famous, and I'm doing air quotes, but that we feel like are icons in their own in their own right. So mine is a wonderful trans woman that I met when I went to Washington DC for work. I was working on a grant for empowering trans people and my job was to like facilitate the youth advisory council. But anyway, so she was from another agency. She lives in Atlanta. She is really great. She does a lot of like really awesome work. Her name is Kay and her Instagram is good G O O D E God G A W D. She's the shit. Follow her. I'm going to have to, like, Instagram message her and be like, I told everybody to follow you on Instagram. But, yeah, she's super fantastic. She does amazing work for trans folks and people of color. So hit her up because she's the shit. I think I'm going to plug, since I am an artist, I'm going to plug somebody that goes by the handle the ink maiden on instagram her name is janie and she is a trans woman from texas she makes incredibly inclusive art and draws her subjects so incredibly beautifully i've drawn her a couple times myself but her stuff is amazing she's currently funding for her top surgery to get boobies and to feel more like herself. And then she also is taking estrogen. So she actually made this really beautiful tarot deck that is filled with 
a whole bunch of queer icons to represent the different cards within the tarot card realms. And she's very beautiful, and I think that we should all buy art from her. Corey, who would you like to plug? Okay, so I this like really means a lot to me, but I do have to plug one of my very, very good friends. He owns a trans positive merch line and you can go on Instagram at support the T capital T. It is a queer trans positive merch line that a percentage of each purchase goes to a trans person's transitioning fund. And I have the honor to be an ambassador and model for this company. You can use Use my code XOXOBLANCA and I get you 10% off your entire purchase. It's very surreal to see someone so young start a company that not only is doing such great things but actually has quality behind it like when you watch a friend stay up till four in the morning to get stuff done for an event and then go to an event and then just want to make other people happy on top of the clothes being like so soft and so comfortable like it's just really really dope to see all the hard work and then also him giving back to so many other people and helping them with their transitioning funds as that that stuff can be very very expensive it's just real 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 dope and you can check out the instagram hot photos of me always we always do photo shoots but yeah just check out the site um it's supportthedeat.com and you won't be disappointed and we have also had liam on the podcast who owns support the tea he was in our polyamory non-monogamous episode so if you've missed that one go back and check it out we are soundcloud rappers <laughs> Give us SoundCloud account. Hit us up. Coin money. Okay. Bitches only. Mm-hmm. Bad gays only. <laughs> Bad gays only. Who run the world? Gays. Who run the world? Gays. Oh my God. Yes. So with that, you can follow our part. Uh, you can follow our purr <laughs> You can follow our podcast on Instagram. We are Two Queers Podcast. And that one is spelled out T-W-O. And on Twitter, we are... Also Two Queers Podcast, but the number two. Hell yeah. And you can follow my Instagram at XOXOBlanco with two A's. X-O-X-O-B-L-A-N-C-A-A. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily Craig Art. Craig is spelled K-R-I-E-G. And where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at hi, I'm Dom, but the hi has two eyes on Instagram, but not on Twitter. Twitter is just one eye. (laughs) Dope. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, my name is Ethan. I'm Ethan. Fun fact, I'm Ethan. Haha. <laughs> Go. Sucking dick is good for the soul. And it also is good protein. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the sneeze in there too. Yes. Um, okay, let's do a little like outline or something.
I love you. Or like, hey, what we want to touch on. You don't work tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm using my head. <laughs> I'm trying to touch you. I'm going to Aurora's. Uh, Obviously, but what are you doing? Probably. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so many. How do you choose? Well, we don't have to talk about all of them. We can talk about like our favorite ones. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna make a list there's of my so favorite many. ones. <laughs> I was choose? thinking about this and I was like, ooh, am I gonna talk about? Who's also gay? Well, not. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> and we can introduce you too. Yes. The gay princess. <laughs> the gay princess. Yes. All right. Is that tea for me? <gasps> I love you. You know, after all this speaking, we gotta keep the throat moisturized. Yeah. Oh, moisturized. Not the throat over there. Keep it moist. You know, I don't think that's that bad of a word. I, I really don't. I have one word, and I can never think of it on the spot. The word I hate the most. Squirt. I I okay. hate the word squirt. Okay, how should we uh end this thing? Um, Cubby's good protein. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs>